Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rink Rap Report podcast. Today is uh, Tuesday, February 12th. Uh, the Leafs have had their win streak, or actually their uh, non-loss and regulation streak snapped, unfortunately, at the hands of the New York Rangers. That happened last night on Sunday on the latter half of the back-to-back, but obviously they got a little hot before that I mean they were beating up on some other uh, teams that were either had some struggles and some tough points in their schedule but I mean they look good they look good I'll get it more into that later with the the Leafs weekend in review Uh, first I'm going to get into some news around the NHL Um, a new and probably only one one segment lived segment called Houston never said that because I just saw I saw something egregious on Twitter that I just had to comment on um Panarin firing his agent some other NHL news uh some trades some suspect goalie talk and some and speaking of suspect goalies maybe some Michael DiPietro talk probably not because this game is getting ugly but anywho some news around the NHL so Artemi Panarin firing his agent and hiring Sergei Bobrovsky's um this is pretty rare at this level. I mean, you hear... I, I, I've heard a lot of minor league guys complain about their agents. Oh, they do nothing for me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, like, these are, like, minor. Like, Cheese Toast League, European lower-level league guys. That Like, I've never even... I don't even know who their agents are. But I've heard them complain. But I've never... I, in a, I haven't in a while seen an agent get fired by a big league player i mean we saw neil yakupov get uh fire uh igor larianov but i mean he's the beekeeper i mean i don't know like I, i'm not 100 percent sure what the um what the reasoning is on this I, I can only suspect suspect that it was he was not getting the deals that he wanted to i guess uh some pr uh he wasn't happy prob- might not have been happy with the agency's pr that was going on with all the um, maybe he wasn't, there wasn't enough, I don't know, he wasn't attracting enough trade attention, he wasn't, didn't like the dollar figures that were coming in, you can list a, a hundred things, but, I mean, the bread man, plain and simple, is going to get paid this summer, it doesn't matter that he doesn't play defense, but he's going to get paid this summer, he's an extremely talented player, and, I don't know, maybe this change in agent pushes the trade talk a little bit heavier with Columbus. Maybe he doesn't want to be there. Maybe he does want to be there till the end of the season. Um, or maybe he wants to stick with Bobrovsky. Who knows? I'm just speculating at this point. But it's pretty interesting to see a player, especially of that caliber, uh, fire his agent mid-season. So, anyways, moving on. Uh, as everyone probably heard, Randy Carlisle out of Anaheim. They were just, I mean... Making fun of the Ducks, it's like running, it's like backing up over roadkill at this point. They were horrible. And I can't believe that that this was allowed to happen so much longer than that there was talks that they were going to keep Randy Carlisle. How could you do that? How could you keep Randy Carlisle at this point? Bob Murray said, oh, I want to keep the, um, I want to keep Dallas Eakins with the, the San Diego Gulls. They, they're doing real well right now. I want to keep that chemistry together. Oh, okay, I didn't know that your uh, NHL team was the one that made all the money. 
didn't know that more people cared about your NHL team. I didn't know that it was the, the, the best hockey league in the world. By all means, make sure. I, I really hope the goals get it done this year. Stupid. What stupid comments. And then he hires himself as the interim GM. Holy buddy, you better shake up that whole organization. You better shake it. I don't Like, what's that song? What's that group? I've been actually wondering this for days. The one with Andre 3000 in it. Anyways, just like that song. I, I don't even... Yeah. I lost track. Anyways, so the Ducks are a total mess right now. They do have some talent. Some young talent on the way, though. Thank God. Uh, Troy Terry, I really like. I think he's a very talented player. He could be something in the top six in the future. I mean, look at those hands. It's terrific. Um, Sam Steele, another fantastic player. Josh Mahara. Uh, this 2019 pick is going to be a lottery pick. Hopefully, by, I mean, Bob Murray's probably on his knees praying every night that it uh, it's in the top five and it's someone that can help them next year. Uh, maybe not. Maybe it is. I don't know. They're like in last place in the West. They're, they're way down there in the West, so could possibly be someone that can help them next year. Uh, he's also probably hoping that this Ryan Kessler contract... I don't know how many years are left on it, but that Ryan, like, that he just disappears somehow. He, he's hoping that um, he gets the same thing as uh, Hosa did. I, I, I heard it's it's pretty common for, you know, guys that are around the age of 35, that are on, uh, that still have some term left on their contract. To, that they, they get allergic to their equipment. Uh, they don't like how all their equipment's been discontinued and uh, they can't play hockey anymore. It just happens. These are just things that happen, you know. We, we wouldn't understand. We're just pigeons. We're not NHLers. But, uh, yeah, Kessler's on the books till 21-22. So, I mean, I don't know what the excuse is going to be there. I think you're going to have to come up with a new one. And, I mean, at, the, like, at the GM's meeting, that was probably a pretty hot topic. Like, damn, Stan took... Uh, allergic to the equipment what are we going to do next uh, crap oh well Robida maybe Robida a new Robida Island 2.0 forms in Anaheim who knows anyways it'll be interesting to see what Anaheim does at the deadline at um, at the end of the in the off season at the draft what moves they make there maybe so but that's all to be seen so far so anyways Moving on from that, um, I'm not going to get into suspect goal. I'm going to get into some Houston never said that. So I've been seeing a lot of criticism from Leafs Twitter from Jim Houston. I don't think he's that bad at all. I think he's pretty like he's pretty good. I still liked him with uh, what is it? EA in NHL uh, 2001, EA Sports on the computer. That's the first time I heard him way way back. Hold on, I'm dating myself. But anyways. Um, I mean, someone tweeted, they're like, oh, like, Jim Houston just said that overtime is going to be five minutes unless the Montreal Canadiens score. It got 13 retweets and 79 likes. Guess, no, not one person corrected them. Because guess what? He never said that. He said the Montreal Canadiens have a power play for a minute and 29 seconds unless they score. Actually, word for word, he said the power play will last for a minute and 29 seconds unless the Canadiens score. Which, I mean, is that not true? Why is he not allowed to say that? And I, I think the person's handle was Leafs Keener or something like that. I don't. I didn't want to get into it. It's like that would be like uh, 
shouting at the raccoon that's in your backyard. Like, you're just going to look like the flippin' idiot in that case. So, the only thing I want you to take away from that is that uh, don't shout at the raccoons in your backyard. Uh, Anyway, some suspect goalie talk. So, right now, there's been some... uh, There's been a couple goalies around the league that have been carrying their team into some playoff contention. Maybe not one of them that I've mentioned, but I wanted to mention him because he signed a contract. Uh, But Jordan Bennington and Carter Hart, I mean, damn. These, I mean, the Blues and the the Flyers were almost a laughingstock at one point in the year. And now the Blues are in a playoff position. The Flyers are climbing their way into contention right now. And Carter Hart, who had a almost, or he was hovering around 900 in the AHL for his save percentage. Who, I mean, people thought were gonna, he was going to be great because he is a very talented goaltender. But I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't see this coming right now. Well, I kind of did, and I'll explain that in a second. I, I don't think the Flyers even saw it right now. I said that this could be an okay move in, t- in terms of anyone could get hot and play decent for a stretch of 10 games, which he has, but. I mean, this is a shakeup. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Brian Elliott. You can't take the kid out of the net. That's my big thing right now. Don't take the kid out of the net. Let him ride it out. Let's see what happens. So, kudos to him on that. That's going to be quite interesting. Um, some more unproven goalie talk, we'll call it now. Unproven goalie talk is uh, Jordan Bennington. I mean, have you taken a look at this kid's numbers? Well, kid, he's three, two years older than me. Uh, he's 25, yeah, almost 26. But I mean, he's right now at a 9.31 with a 1.72 goals against average and a 6.9.95 goals saved above average in 11 starts. He's 9-1-1. 9-1-1. One, one. And, one. and I don't even know how When was the last time he lost a start? January 21st. So that means he is, he's 5-0 and in his last five starts. Holy, have yourself a run, kid. Damn. And then the last one that I want to talk about, because he was just... And I'll sum it all together and like, mention why I mentioned all these three names, is Colin Delia. He signed a three-year deal worth one mil per, which I think his agent is kind of stupid for doing that. Right now, Delia, who... This is his second-year pro. He came out of... The NCAA with uh, Merrimack. So this year he's got a 298, which is a pretty high goals against average, but a 923 save percentage. Are you kidding me? And he signed, he's born, he's a 1994 born. So he's 20, it's almost 25. But to sign a three year deal worth one mil per, that's almost like, that's like, I mean, why would you do that? I don't think he's the starter right now. And I haven't been paying too, too much attention to the devil's truth be told. But he's playing all right. I think he's winning over some starts. He's playing decently. Why would your agent sign a three-year deal with one mil per? I mean, at the end of the year, if you go to arbitration, what? You get one and a half. Well, it's half your contract right there that you've got for the next three years. And like, what if he plays well? What if he wins some starts? What if he wins the backup role and plays very well there? That could be very well worth to some teams a two and a half million dollar contract. 
So you add those two together, that's potentially, what, four? And guess what? If he craps the bed, then he goes and he'll, he'll get signed easily to an AHL contract somewhere else. So, I mean, this is just a contract. You're not letting the kid bet on himself. So last three, like his last two starts, I mean, 40 saves on 43 shots against Chicago and Vancouver in a win. 28 saves on uh, 31 shots in a Minnesota win. And that was February 7th and 2nd. So I get he's not starting that much, but he's playing pretty well. And shouldn't the Blackhawks be taking a better look at him? I don't know. Maybe I haven't watched enough of him, but that's just my take. I mean, taking such a low AAV for three years, don't you? I mean, don't you want to bet on yourself? I mean, like, you could be out a lot of money on that. But, anyways, the reason I'm mentioning these guys is that now that they're on such a hot streak, really pay attention to what happens for next year. And then I'm not saying with their contracts and whatever, like. Pay attention to next year and see that this could all easily come crashing down. I mean, we've seen this happen so many times. We saw this happen with JSO Ben. Where's, what happened to him after that? Pretty much nothing. When he uh, he came in and almost brought the Leafs to the playoffs that one year. I can't remember what year exactly. But, I mean, just be suspect of the fact that these goal, like, almost any goalie can come in and just get hot and catch fire and they, like the team can rally around them the team plays fantastic defense around them it, they have all the confidence in the world they are playing pretty well themselves they're pre- feeling pretty hot and um, just watch out because watch for next year even if it's not the like it doesn't happen this year watch next year and kind of try to when you're evaluating what they are and what they can be even as a starting goalie you got to kind of dull that shine that's happened in this really hot run here. Because again, it can happen to almost anyone. Just given the opportunity, given the, at the right time, right time, right place, pretty much for goalies. And like, it's a lot different for a forward who puts up what, half a season of just fantastic work. You, you I mean, with goaltending, there's a lot of different factors that factor into the fact that the goalie is playing fantastic. So, just remember, that's all I want to bring up. Goalies are kind of suspect, and so should you when you're evaluating them. But, anywho, speaking of goalies, Michael DiPietro is making his first start right now, and it's a bloodbath. This is just really not going very well for him. I mean, last time I checked, I think it was 5-1. I've seen four of the goals. Uh, oh, it's 6-1 now. 6-1 now, end of the second. I'm not sure if he got pulled or not. I'm going to look that up right now. But, okay, the first goal, Timo Meyer. I mean, that was a pretty quick play. Timo Meyer's been hot as hell. I mean, let's offer sheet him. Why, are, why is he not being talked about in the offer sheet sphere that really doesn't exist? And that's because he plays in the West Coast and he plays in San Jose. Just remember that. All this offer sheet nonsense is just that nonsense. Uh, but that first goal, that was pretty quick. I mean, he slipped it right by him. Easy. First shot of your career. How do you do, kid? Welcome to the show. That next shot, I mean, 
it just exposes his biggest criticism. And what's that? He's six feet tall. And also, he's still 20 years old. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Canucks have obviously run into some injury issues. That's why they had to bring him up. But please remember, he's 20 years old. And he's he's nowhere near NHL ready. And then that, that I mean, the f- what third goal it was a good tip. Fourth goal, that's just a shot. I haven't seen the other two, nor do I know if he's even been pulled yet. But this, like, thoughts and prayers with Michael DiPietro. This is just, I mean, I don't even know. What to, yeah, you know, he's been in net for all 15 shots, nine saves. And I mean, it was it was three nothing for the Sharks even before the, the the Canucks got a shot on goal. This is just a bloodbath, and I don't know like, what happened. Like, is there a goalie that is there any goalie that can play right now? I guess not. But holy, this kind of does make me feel good though because um, when I played for Laurier which was a little bit above my head. I, I didn't even have these bad of numbers. So uh, how do you do? Pat myself on the shoulder there. 825 versus Michael DiPietro, 600. <laughs> Anyways, um, moving on. So yeah, that's about all I had to say of Michael DiPietro. That's just unfortunate that he was thrown into such a situation. But let's move on. Leafs week in review. Uh, weekend in review, sorry. So Saturday night, just a classic game against Montreal. Finally, we this rivalry got reignited because this game was just back and forth, momentum shifting. It was everything you wanted. Um, maybe you wanted the Leafs to be a little bit more physical, but it was pretty much everything you wanted from from a, um, this matchup. From this matchup that's rooted, what, uh, three bazillion years. I don't even know. Can't count that high. But... So, to start off, I mean, the Leafs in both of the games this weekend did not start well. And I mean, you got to, and you're going to the Bell Center. You're playing a team that's eight one and one. You're playing against Carey Price, who's seven and zero in his last seven starts with a nine fifty five save percentage. And it was just, it was horrible. It was a horrible start. And then, I mean, it didn't result. Did it result in the goal? I might have forgot to write it down, but I mean, you, you can't start, you can't put yourself behind the eight ball like that, starting so slow. And then, yeah, Andrew Shaw, 51 seconds in, a tip off of Jeff Petrie, point shot. Yep, Shaw off of Jeff Petrie, point shot, and you're down one nothing. And even after that, Army had got a pretty decent chance from behind the net, which he was. It was all right. I mean, not first round. Well, not what you want from a first rounder, but anyways. Um, but this is where you have to give credit to the Leafs. And even what happened in New York there. They got down on the road. Momentum looked like it was going against them a lot. And kudos to them. They were able to score a goal to get right back into the game. And I mean right, right back into the game. And that was quick, quick, quick. Andreas Janssen from Zach Heim, Just the grit line. 220. What, they, Montreal scored their first goal 51 seconds in. Leafs scored 2 minutes and 20 seconds in. So that's a, that's an underrated team about the Leafs. Is that when the momentum's against them, they have enough skill. And they have a lot of 
like they have a lot of skating ability, which can really flip the momentum on teams. I mean, it doesn't matter on the road, you're out hitting them, which I'll get into that in a little bit. The Leafs got out hit in their last four games. And I'll, I'll, I tallied up the numbers. It's not pretty. But anyways, it doesn't matter. If you're out, you're more physical than them. You're at home. You're, it looks like you're pounding them. They've got a lot of skill and they've got a lot of skating power. And they've got a damn good goalie behind them that can really flip the momentum of the game. Because this one looked like, I mean, as I said, when you have all those circumstances coming in, they flipped this game and they were up 2-1 at the end of the first period. Which, I'm not done with the first period because Anderson getting injured, oh my god. Is there anything scarier at this point? And I'm not slighting Sparks, I'm just saying that Anderson's damn good and we really need him at this point. We really need him ready for playoffs. Like, really, really ready. But, anyways. uh, So the first period, Zytras scored. That was a nice surprise. Uh, I was, I, I think... Maybe from the way that it came off his stick, it looked like he was trying to pass it, but it ended up in the net. So kudos to Zytrash on that one. Uh, one last thing I want to note about the first period, Frederick Gauthier had a good part in both of those goals. He kept the cycle going on that Hyman, uh, Hyman to Janssen play. Uh, he kept the cycle going on that play. He kept the puck in and he kept it moving. And then on the Zaitsev goal, he was providing the screen on that. So zero points on both of those goals, but was pretty instrumental on each of them so and again then moving into the second period or even like a continuation from the first this power play for the whole weekend never mind was just frustrating it's just not working why not change it up why not i mean I understand you might not want to change the guys on the power play because of promises that were made before the season happened, and that especially being to Kadri, saying, no, you're still going to be an important part of this offense. We, like, Even though we got Tavares, you'll be on power play one. Don't worry, don't worry. But it's just not working. He's just not getting it done. Neither is anyone else. Something's got to be changed. I mean, really. Something's really, really got to change if nobody is scoring. You've got all this offensive talent. You're putting up all these goals at five on five, and yet you can't score on the power play? Something's got to change. Move Nylander up there. They had a lot of trouble in Montreal getting zone entry and creating a cycle. Isn't Nylander good at that? And I think a lot of people agreed with me on Twitter on that one. And then it was, who do you replace? Well fucking anyone at this point but that was just one frustrating part of this entire weekend from them but anywho um second period that was just a duck by anderson those oops and he's gonna let one of those in once in a while but you know as long as he keeps bailing us out i have no problem with a once in a while duck that we still got a win out of this game so anyways um I thought in this one, Carey Price actually looked for how, you know, I mean, he got benched at one point in the season and he, he made some great saves in this game. I mean, the end numbers aren't great. 28 shots, uh, 28 saves on 32 shots, but 
I mean, other than the Nylander goal is stoppable. That was still a fantastic shot. I mean, you don't you can't blame him on that one. I mean, why is he getting such great uh, such easy zone entry, and why is he able to shoot from so close in? How's that his fault? Anyways, maybe that's me uh, speaking on behalf of the goalie union there, but I personally think that was way too easy of a shot for uh, for Nylander on that goal. And I mean, the other goals, screened, um, rebound. Uh, then the Tavares one where he just goes shelf show from in close. I mean, the dude's got how many flipping goals this year? He's just got a, he's got a stockpile of goals this year. Guy knows how to score, damn. So, kudos to Carey Price. He made a couple great saves that I wanted to highlight throughout this game, especially one on Austin Matthews when he went. Matthews has a fantastic shot, as we all know, and Carey Price just shut the door on him in close on that on on a five hole rip by Matthews in this one but anyways second period as I said that was a horrible start Petrie off the post Tatar with a goal but I mean they lost momentum they gained momentum and they were able to close out the period with a tie game unfortunately Montreal did get the upper hand on the power play which they got how many power plays in this one? Five. And, I mean, they they scored, we didn't. And that was almost the difference maker in this game. But, anyways, forgetting, forget about that. Uh, the third period, as I said again, in this game, the least talent really does drive their ability to make comebacks and their ability to flip the momentum of games. Uh, and as shown on that William Nylander goal, which Tavares, kudos to Tavares, he had a fantastic game. He That goal doesn't happen if he doesn't create that turnover on Andrew Shaw at the Leafs' blue line. And I mean, obviously, Nylander just showing how much talent he is and laughing in everyone's face that says he doesn't deserve that money. Which, I mean, I, I would have liked him to take a shade under that, but uh, that's neither here nor there. So, over time... Which was really scary, as I said, because the Leafs went into overtime with a penalty because Zay Trash threw it over the glass. Um, so, but they were able to kill that off. And, I mean, Mitch Marner to Tavares, which has just been vintage this year, which has just been nasty this year, which has just been such a treat to watch this year, caps it off for an awesome game. Um... Uh, one person I want to mention, um, Victor Mete, looked pretty good in this one. And it showed in his ice time. He was able, he was getting some minutes with uh, with Weber there. You get these play, I mean, he's a fantastic skater. He's got some offensive ability, but he's also playing uh, penalty kill there too. Just a shade under 19 minutes. So, uh, shout out to Victor Mete, Woodbridge, a Woodbridge boy. Uh, anyways, next game. Uh, the Rangers won where I mean Georgie have played very well in that one. I think the Leafs outchanced the, the Rangers by a thousand percent in this game. Uh, William Nylander I thought had a way better game even though he didn't score. He had a way way better game against the Rangers than he did against the Canadiens and that entire line actually was just terrific. Kadri with 12 shots. I mean a couple of them 
only a couple of them were really, really good ones, but that line was moving and shaking. Unfortunately, they could just couldn't find the back of the net for their life. But yeah, I thought Neander line really led the way. The power play looked better in this game, but just you, you gotta bury. And that's what really killed them in this one. They had so many power play opportunities. And they went over four. They fell flat. And you're not going to win if that happens. You're not going to win in the playoffs if you continue to not score on the power play. And if you continue to get hit, they're almost getting tripled in hits every game. And here's the number on it. The last four games, they've been out hit 141 to 54. And I know I'm nitpicking here. They did win three out of those four games. I am nitpicking, but come playoff time, when everyone's moving, everyone's moving at this almost like almost the same pace as you. They're also going to be throwing the body a lot too, and you really gotta come hard against them, or it's just going to wear you down. And later, you're going to see that later in games and potentially even later in series which knock on wood we make it past one series but that's neither here nor there uh sparks in that second game uh, didn't make too many great saves in that i mean that goal by adam mcquade adam nails mcquade who um didn't love that nickname i gave him when i met him unfortunately i thought it was a great one he is a nail you see him take slap shots to the face, uh, but that was a, that was a, that was a howitzer by him. How can you blame Sparks on that one? But yeah, the Leafs controlled the play this entire game. I just don't know how some of those didn't go in. Tavares had a couple fantastic chances down low. Matthews had a couple decent rips, one through the legs of the defenseman. His line had a couple good shifts here and there, but I thought the Leafs were just all over them. They should have won, but. You know what's the difference maker in this one was? The damn power play. And I know you can't change things from going from Montreal to New York on a back-to-back, but, I mean, their next game, what's it, Thursday? I mean, wow, what a great fan I am. I'll look it up. I'll find out. I will find out. But by their next game, I mean... You really hope that something changes. 12. So that's tomorrow. Great. Awesome. Against the Avalanche in Colorado. So we'll see if changes are made. Um, one big thing that I want to note is uh, Janssen has been, and deservedly so, his ice time has been going up a little bit. You obviously like to see it go up a little bit more. I mean... How much else? What else does this guy have to do? Five point, four points, one game, a night, a pretty damn good grit goal, another game. Like he had six points in three games going into that New York one. He didn't do two, two. I mean, he drew a penalty in that New York game, but what else does he got to? I mean, we are pretty damn deep. I think that just more shows so shows the depth of the team, but yeah. Anywho, that is all from what I had to take away from the Leafs games this weekend. 
So to recap, teams really skilled and fast, and they can really shift the momentum of a game on any teams, no matter where the game is being played. Um, maybe turn up the physicality come playoff time, because that's really that can really wear you wear you down in a game. Uh, and then just obviously special teams, something's maybe go to the. Uh, maybe test Muzzin on the PP1 and give that uh, that howitzer of a slap shot a whirl and then get Tavares in front of the net playing cleanup man. Maybe change the position of where Matthews is shooting from, put him up in the in the center. Maybe change, put Nylander out there. Maybe split up everyone and split the power play like they had it last year. I don't know. But you know what I do know? The definition of insanity, and that's... I actually don't know it off the top of my head. Who cares? Everyone knows the definition of insanity. Doing thing, one thing over and over and expecting a different result. Just saying. Uh, to close it out, I'm going to air some grievances. And that is mostly actually about commercials, all that I've written. But actually only about commercials. Anyways... Why are they using the same people in commercials? I mean, they've that chubby guy has been in a thousand commercials since Christmas. They're all not believable anymore. Like, commercials are never believable. But, so this guy's a salesman at the source. He wants all these stupid gifts. He's still got a barrel on him. He needs a loan. He needs a kitchen renovation. Like, I will go out of my way. I promise you I'll go out of my way to not buy your products if you keep airing this stupid guy in your commercials. And even that girl, that, the, the, that stupid real estate site, the one where she dips her face in the cake. She's also in the Tim Hortons commercials. I don't think there's a shortage of people that want to be in commercials. Like, just show me some fresh faces, some different faces. That's all I'm asking. It's not too much to ask. And then that Giuseppe Pizzeria commercial has really got to stop. Why is your family sitting down in broad daylight and sharing one medium pizza? Like, forget all the other weird stuff that's supposed to be going on. Why is your family sharing one medium pizza? It's a disgrace to the name. That's all I'm going to say. Anywho. uh, Hopefully, my last closing note on this, hopefully trade deadline's sick all i'm gonna say and then hopefully we don't see any more trades until then just save them all like come on just like they should have it where like they should have a trade freeze they say no no more trades you submit them this is going to be our trade you submit them to the nhl so they're frozen solid that's going to happen and they it's it's a lockbox or something in antarctica and they only announce it on trade deadline enough of this trading before the deadline what's good what good is the deadline nothing that's what it is take care everyone